Hello, and welcome to Sober in Japan, a podcast where I talk about living in Japan, being sober in Japan, the problems with getting sober, <laughs> experiences of when I wasn't sober, and all kinds of relaxed chit chat about living and raising a family right here in Japan. So, welcome and good morning over here in Japan. It's a nice blue sky. And I had mentioned a couple of episodes ago that it is getting warmer here in Japan. Well, it's coming up to the end of February and it's not getting warmer. In fact, it's getting colder. We had snow for the last three days and I went out hiking and I was hoping it was a nice day actually, but I was hoping it's going to start getting warmer, but it is not yet moving on the temperature scale. I'm here today to talk about shut up. And be sober. Why can't you just be sober quietly? Ah, shut up. Why do you have to keep talking about it? God. Yeah, a lot of people who've been on this journey, are going through this journey, are frequenting this journey,、uh, probably have some kind of experience of being told by their friends or being told by people they don't even know, strangers. To just shut up and be sober. Like, yeah, well done. What do you want? Do you want a little round of applause?、Uh, just, just shut up and just get on with it. We don't want to know about your newfound zest for life. You'll be back. You'll be back. You, you will be back, right? It's tough. It's tough to face this barrage of criticism for something that feels so good. Why can't you just shut up and be sober? Well, it's a process, I guess. It's a process. And for me, shutting up about being sober is way, way, way down on the list. And what's wrong with talking about being sober? It's hard for people who are facing the same demons that we are facing. And when I say we, I mean people that are still drinking. I mean people that think that they don't have a problem. I mean people that know that they have a problem. And I mean people that are recovering. I think it's just so difficult these days to even put a finger on what a problem is. But if you're listening to this,、um, uh, and maybe you've, you've gone through the same thought process that, that I went through, that perhaps I am lucky in that. I don't think I had a problem that was as bad as many people out there. But in myself, I felt that something wasn't right. And when I reflected and looked at、um, my own drinking and the drinking of the others around me that I was hanging out with, I just thought, hang on, this is not where I want to be right now. And the problem is that all the people that I would go for for support when I was embarking on this journey are people that told me to shut up because I was causing them to lose their,、um, what can you call it, to lose their, their buzz by indirectly making them reflect on themselves and what they were doing. I didn't mean to. I, I didn't really think about it, but I'm so much more aware now. And here's the problem it's not really a problem, but it's something I'm working on, something else that I'm working on. And I, it's tough enough to stare alcohol, stare yourself in the face, stare at all those Facebook pictures of you and finding out 
one day that nearly everyone involves a glass of beer in your hand. It's tough. So to add something else to that, you know, to that road that you're walking, that I'm walking, is even tougher. And something that I've looked at is, yeah, I need to control how much I talk about how great life is being sober. Let me just go back a little bit to that, that group of people that I was trying to connect with when I, when I started on the journey of being sober. It started um, in the summer and um, I'd just been on a, a, a whole day's drinking and I did it because it was a tradition. I used to go to the beach this one day a year for, and we'd drink the whole day from the morning till the evening with my, with my best buddy. And he died a couple of years ago. And um, I felt I had to go back a year later and do this pilgrimage without him. And so I banded up a couple of my um, good drinking buddies and we went down to the beach and we drank all day. And um, I, one thing really hit me about that day was how much I, it was a pain to get home. <laughs> it was a right pain in the ass to get home because um, there were a lot of trains I had to take. And um, for the first time, going home wasn't 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 easy. And I felt I felt wrong. And so it's the next day that I stopped drinking. Um, it was something that I was thinking of, cutting down, cutting back. We're always thinking about it for years and years and years, cutting back, cutting down. But that was the day that I stopped. And when I was trying to explain it to my friends, I very quickly realized that my friends weren't supportive. Sure, what you're doing is good. Okay, now shut up and be sober. Just shut up. You know, we don't want to know. Yeah. And so it, I, I found very quickly I didn't have anybody to sit down with. I didn't have anybody to sit down with and talk about it. And especially as the months ticked by, and as I started feeling better, I, I would talk about how great it was. And I've been called an evangelist, and I've been called a prince, I've been called um, sp sparkly. Um, there's even a bet amongst my friends. There's a bet, a financial bet, on when I'm going to break, when I'm going to fail, when I'm going to start drinking again. <laughs> I. I didn't have to chip any of my friends away. They did it for themselves. The people that still want to hang out and that still want to chat and talk and do stuff, hike, go skiing, you know, go to the, go to the bathhouse, go have coffee, go have dinner, they're still doing that. And they're coming to terms with me not drinking. And drinking was such a big part of when we got together. And I feel guilty that I'm not able to do that again. I've heard the comments, yeah, and you're much more fun when you're drunk. I've heard them. I've been told I, I talk too much about, about, about not drinking and how I, go, or how I go through phases. You go through phases, man. This is just a phase. You'll be back. And yeah, it's just tough. It's tough. And it's another hurdle to get through. It's something that's out there people just telling you just shut up and be sober man yeah great great you're sober but do it quietly by yourself like it's like it's a 
disgusting thing to be sober in, in this world? Well, the truth is, and here's the dead truth, and here in Japan, there's a boom. There's a boom. It's a non-alcohol boom. You can see it in the supermarkets. You can see it in the liquor stores. The, the non-alcoholic beverage sections are expanding. They're getting bigger. There are bars in Tokyo where they specialize in, in uh, non-alcohol. They don't even serve any alcohol on the premises. Non-alcoholic champagne, non-alcoholic cocktails. So people get dressed up, they go down, and they can still feel the, the, the vibe of, of going out, dressing up and going out without the, the, the black cloak of sitting in the corner with a J2O or having to order a Coca-Cola that's just the same price as a beer. So, I can't shut up because I'm really happy with the changes. And more so than anything else, it's my therapeutic way. It's my, my healing process to do this podcast, to talk out there into the interspace about my feelings, how I'm feeling, the experiences that I've gone through. It's helping me to heal, to lay these things out in words, not to edit, not to delete, but just to sit here and talk. It's my healing process because the vast amount of my friends aren't there to sit and listen to me talk like this without serious objection, without saying, oh, just shut up and be sober. Well, let's be sober. Thanks for listening. This has been Sober in Japan. See you next time. <laughs>